You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast, bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now, your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on into the Double Tree Studios. This is the Utah Man Podcast. I'm Cameron, and we got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation! <laughs> and we got Scott. I'm fired up. Let's do this. We got a great show planned for this episode. We're going to be joined by Steve Bartle from Ute Zone. Really gave a breakdown of the signing class that's shaping up for the U with signing day uh, about a week away. We really want to get what's kind of going on with all these recruits and really get you know Steve's expertise on what's going on. And we'll you know kind of talk about basketball and see where this running new basketball team is. All right, looks like we got Steve Bartle on the phone with us from Ute Zone. Steve, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you guys doing? You know, we can't complain. We're about a week away from signing day. I know that's what a lot of fans want to hear about, a lot of fans want to talk about. Let's just go in and, and dive into it right now. How, in your opinion, is this class shaping up with a week out? Well, I think it's actually coming together pretty well. Um a lot of things are starting to fall into place and things are becoming a little more clear, um, not only with Utah, but with other schools and other programs and who they're looking to uh, recruit. And and so it's shaping up to be one of the youth's best recruiting classes. Um, so I know there's a lot of worry and, and a lot of nervousness regarding a couple of recruits, but... Um, I think the youths are going to finish strong and close this thing out. Hey, Steve, break it down a little bit. Uh, I think the the prize recruit uh, for this class is uh, a hometown hero in Jay Tufeli. What uh, what what are the chances that he picks Utah next uh, next Wednesday? With Jay, man, it's uh, I think in my personal opinion, I think they're they're really good. Um, there are a lot of reasons for that, and and the big thing um, for him and, and for us is, is that his family, um, you know, they want to watch him play football. They want to be able to attend games and, and enjoy his, um, his performances. Um, and so I think the fact that, you know, his family's here and, and that, I think it plays a big role and, and, and will play a big role in his decision. And, and I think the youths are, are in a, a good position. Um, I, I mentioned this earlier on, on 1320, but, um, he's, uh, he's always been, Utah's always been rumored to be, be the leader with him. Um, you know, and that's not just local guys, but that's national guys as well. So Utah's in a pretty good position with him. Um, and, and he's going to be on his official visit this weekend and they're going to roll out the red carpet for him. You know, they're going to show him everything, um, they need to show him in order to to secure a commitment for him. The entire family is going to be there, and and it's going to be you know just anything goes basically. Um, so I I like the youth's chances. Jay was just on a on an official visit uh, to USC this past weekend, um, and kind of a, a big a big thing was the fact that his his mother. Um, actually did not make the trip with them. It was him and his father, and so that's kind of a, a telling sign. Um, 
And so we'll we'll see. Like I said, I, I think the youths are in a great position to land Jay. And, you know, he's one of the, the best prospects to come out of Utah in a really, really long time. Um, he's currently ranked the third best defensive tackle in the nation. And, and that's a, that'd be a big get, you know, for, for the youths and for Kyle Winningham. So, um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's going to be nerve wracking, but I, I think the youths are in a good position with Jay. To to follow that up, uh, as you, as you just mentioned, one of the biggest recruits to potentially sign with Utah. He's a five star guy. The Utes have never had a uh, a high school kid uh, um, sign with them. Rated that highly. If they can secure his commitment, what does that do? What does that do to the landscape of Utah recruiting, or just maybe even the image of what Utah's becoming? Well, it shows that you know highly talented kids, highly regarded kids are taking notice of what you are doing. Um, not only Jay, but you look at a guy like Jalen Johnson. Um, he's uh, he's ranked 66 in the nation um, in our scout rankings. Um, and he's a cornerback out of California that, that had offers from Oklahoma, USC, ASU, you know, teams across the country, really. And, and the fact that he committed to Utah early on and, and recognized what they're doing – you know, that, that speaks volumes to where Utah is at um, in the recruiting game. Um, so I think with Jay, if, if they secure his commitment, I think that that takes it to another level. You know, um, good players want to play with good players. You know, that you see that uh, in college, you see it in high school, you see it in, in the pros. You know, good players want to play with good players. And so the fact that... Um, Utah has the opportunity to land a five-star kid. Uh, you know, the first high school player, like you mentioned, um, ranked as a five-star, you know, if he does commit. I think that that really shows that Utah's arrived as a contender uh, in the Pac-12 in, in the recruiting game. They've always been a step behind. Um, these are the programs that have had, you know, um, pipelines built to these high schools for years and years. You know, it, it shows that they – they're on that level now where they can compete with highly regarded recruits, high level recruits and, and that they can win these battles, you know, and, and not only that, but it helps locally, uh, which is a big thing. You know, the, the 2018 class next year, it's, there's not that premier talent, but the depth of the class next year in Utah is, it's really, really impressive. So, it, you know, it helps there too, which is always good. You want to, you know, with coach Whittingham always talks about, you got to land the local guys first. And so I think landing a commitment from Jay really helps with that as well. So there's a lot of implications with it, um, you know, if they secure it. It's it's a big, big deal, and not just the fact that he's a talented kid, but just everything that comes with it. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, a big deal for Utah. So, Steve, we had, you know, some fans kind of email in some questions, kind of keeping on the topic of kind of in-state kids. Uh, we had Tim R., uh, who emailed in kind of asking about really the Stevie T situation where there's someone that, you know, played in the Utah program, left, went to SC, and now he's on social media <laughs> kind of recruiting, <laughs> you know, telling local kids in Utah um, to, to kind of look elsewhere. Do you see that? Um, do you see that at all with, with players that played either here in college or high school that leave, 
do they have much influence over the high school kids here for kind of the sexier programs like SC? I think the the big thing with Stevie is that he's openly recruited uh, Jay, and you know he's he's trying to get him to come to USC, and you know it'll it'll be a, a factor, I think, but I I don't think it's as big a factor as people are making it. Um, Utah has their own players, um, but you know that that have been active on on Twitter, not active players, but you know guys that have graduated recently that have starting to take to Twitter and, and recruit kids and that. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing to see Stevie go to that length. You know, he, he's a U boy, you know, or, or so-called U boy. And, and the fact that he's now recruiting against Utah, it's a little frustrating. It's a little, um, uh, just a little, yeah, I don't know. It just rubs you the wrong way. So, you know, I don't know how big of an impact it has on the kids to be honest, but, um, it's definitely something, you know, it, it's there, you know, and, and that's the thing. So, uh, it'll, it'll remain to be seen. I don't think it's as big a deal. Like I said, I don't think it's as big a deal, um, as some are making it out to be, but you know, we'll see. Hey Steve, earlier today, uh, TJ green put out on Twitter that he has reopened his recruitment. Uh, are the Utes high on him? Is he a good fit for, for Utah football? He's a great fit. Um, in in coach Taylor's offense. Yeah, he's a great fit. Um, I think if, if he wants in the youth will gladly take him open arms, you know, um, coach McDonald and, and coach Whittingham, coach Fred Whittingham there, they're there at his home tonight, you know, with, on an in-home visit with him. And you know, we'll see what comes of that. But, um, he is a, a great fit in coach Taylor's offense. Um, he's a guy that, Brings a great deal of athleticism and versatility. Um, you know, he's not just a running back that uh, catches passes out in the flats. You know, he can run routes. He can go deep. He can, you know, line up in the slot. And that's something that Coach Taylor is going to look to do with the running back. So I, I think that he would be a, a great pickup for the youth, you know, to flip him from Oregon State uh, to add the number one running back out of Arizona. Um, I, I think that's a, a, a great deal for for Utah and, and for what that that means for them. So um, I think he's a great city. He, he, like I said, he's a he's a great athlete. He's got a lot of speed, um, a lot of versatility. So you know he he'd be a great fit in the offense. This time of year, I, I love going uh, and just watching the film the the of, of a lot of these recruits. And for those of you, if if you if you have not uh, gone to Ute Zone or or maybe haven't jumped into the recruiting game of things, but uh, go go to Ute Zone, get a get an account with them. Great information. You'll get addicted, and you then will. you'll be like us, and your wives will be yelling at you to turn off the computer. <laughs> no, it's that's not a bad thing. Cameron. That's not a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's it's awesome. And what I love doing is I love going and just watching the film of some of these guys. So curious, what who is your guy? Who who in this class that's committed as of right now? Who who stands out to you? Ooh, that is a great question. Um, I love watching film on all of these guys. Um, you know, if I had to pick one, I would have to say Marquise Blair is my guy. Um, his film, man, it's it's fun to watch. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete. He's a tremendous competitor. You know, he's not the biggest guy in terms of weight, um, 
but he gets after offensive linemen in his tape, and you know he he brings the lumber on those hits. Um, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch and on defense, and um, he's just a, an athletic guy, and he's flying across the field. So if I had to pick one, it would be Blair. But there's a lot of film um, on this in this class that is really really impressive. You know, you've got Jalen Johnson. He he just locks guys up. Um, you know, he when he's impressed coverages, you know, it's it's hard for receivers to get off the line when he's impressed on his film. So, you know, that's always fun to watch. But um I think Blair is my guy in this class. At least at least so far. So far we'll is see what happens when they close out. So did, <laughs> we'll see. Did, does he does he play strong safety at, at Utah or is he gonna be kind of a hybrid safety linebacker? What what do you think? How do they think the Utes use him? So I think I think they're going to be playing a lot of three safety looks with um, Ballard and with Chase and, and with Marquis Blair. I think um, Justin Thomas was a tremendous nickelback. Um, and I think, I think you'll see Blair and, and Chase um, kind of move around in those same positions. Um, it's, it's similar to what TCU does. Uh, with their defense, they have three safeties on the field and, you know, one's a strong safety, a free safety, and the other's a weak safety, uh, which is kind of more of that coverage guy. And I think that you'll see that. So, um, really I see Chase being that safety linebacker hybrid guy and, and, um, Blair being the strong safety, you know, having that athleticism and coverage and, um, and that tenacity and, and, you know, and his tackling, it's going to be a, a great asset in the defense. I'm excited to see the defense. Guy. I won't lie. Like, the guys that they've added um, in this class, or, or will add, I should say, they, you know, they're not signed yet, at, at least not all of them. But, you know, Ballard, he's almost an identical match to Marcus Williams in terms of that ball-hawking free safety. But, um, I think you'll see a lot of three safety looks. It'll provide some speed, and, and you still have that um, ability against the run to stop the run. So um, I'm excited to see what they do with those three guys. So now a topic that's really, I think, had a lot of conversation on Ute Zone and on, on Twitter and, and Facebook and whatnot, the coaching changes within the program. Losing a coach like Aaron Roderick, who – you know, frankly, was a great recruiter, uh, connected really well with high school kids. How is that impacting recruiting, losing A-Rod, and adding Taylor and McDonald? Um, it's actually been pretty positive. Um, with the recruits that I've talked to, you know, I talked to Kevon Dingle, I, I've talked to Reggie Roberson, I've talked to Brian Thompson, um, who are three receivers that the youths are still after. Um, and they are all super excited um, about the offense and what, and what coach Taylor uh, is looking to do. Um, so I think it's, it's been a big positive, you know, you, you hate to lose what you have in Aaron, in Aaron Roderick, but the fact that Taylor has only been on staff now for a couple weeks and he's already influenced guy influencing kids with just with his offense and, and what, you know, he's selling guys on what it's going to be. You know that's a that's a a pretty telling sign in, in what he's bringing to the program. You know his offense is is very wide receiver friendly and 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 so it's been the wide receivers that they're after have been very receptive, very positive, very 
um, excited about the offense when I've, I've talked with them. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it affects other positions like running back um, and offensive line and, and tight end. But I think wide receiver has always been something that's kind of held Utah back um, on the recruiting trail. They haven't had the most success landing those premier guys. But with Coach Taylor's offense, I think that you'll see Utah start to get a couple of those guys here and there and, and that kind of thing. And so um, it's been a very positive thing with Coach Taylor and Coach McDonald. And Coach McDonald has been the greatest – Coach Twitter for ever. He's like he's been so guy, guy holiday 2.0 almost yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's been so great to follow him and just seeing, you know, his um, engagement, you know, just on Twitter. It's been a lot of fun to follow that. And you know, I think that he's a guy that'll bring that energy and, and it'll take him a while to, to kind of get his feet under him, you know, coming from Eastern Washington to now playing, you know, and recruiting on a pack level, I think it'll take him some time, just like it does every coach. But I think he's going to be a guy that'll find success pretty quickly, just with that energy alone. So, um, pretty exciting times. I think the staff is coming together as recruiters, and they've got some really good guys uh, recruiting on staff right now. So, a lot of positives. And we got another question um, emailed in from Aaron C. Uh, he's asking that he believes that there could be up to nine players visiting this weekend, the last weekend before signing day. Do you think that's too many to have at one time? Uh, can the high-priority targets really get the attention that they need from the from the staff? That's a great question. Um, I've actually asked myself that as well. Is it too many guys? And, I, you know, I don't think that it is. Um, I think having a big group, and the big thing with this group is they're all they're mostly Polynesian kids. Um, and so I think that'll kind of help and with the group and that. So, um, they, they know who they want. Um, and that's the thing is they'll spend the proper time with each kid and, and that, and they know who their priorities are. And, you know, they're not just inviting a bunch of kids in for the heck of it. You know, they know who they want. They know who the priorities are and, and they'll make sure to, to go about it the right way, uh, with each kid. And so, it's kind of kind of a big deal having those that amount of of kids on a on a single weekend, but I think that the staff, you know, they know what they're doing, um, and I think that it'll be just fine. Perfect, Steve. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you guys are, uh, you and and Andrew and everyone over there at Ute Zone are really amping up for this last week of signing day, and then you get no, 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 no. <laughs> We're really excited for signing day to come and go. <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, well, after, on April 2nd, or not April, February 2nd, you can start on the 2018 class, though. No, 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 that's not accurate at all. I'm going to turn off my phone and, and take a breath, and <laughs> I'm going to get away from... No, I'm just kidding. No, it's it's exciting. I think this week, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun as, as we get to signing day and that, and um, I think you fans will really like what the youth. Uh, staff does and, and that but uh man february 2nd can't come here soon enough guys i, I swear so <laughs> it'll be a good time perfect steve where can people catch you on on twitter and social media um so my handle is s bartle that's s b as in boy a r t l e scout um so that's my handle on twitter and then you guys already gave gave the plug for you zone but 
come check us out on there. There's a lot of great information. Um, you know, come come check us out. Um, it's it's a great time on there. We try to have fun and and, and that. So, um, but to you guys, thanks for having me on. I, I definitely appreciate it and, and love doing this. If you guys are doing it next week, let's let's talk again and and that. So it'd be a lot of fun. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Awesome. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, guys. All right, bye. Yeah. Now, Uzone, uh, I've, I've been, uh, I've had an account with Uzone for about two years now, and it, it really is. If you're not recruiting guy, you know, someone who doesn't really get into it, uh, you'll, you'll quickly get into it. It's pretty interesting, uh, kind of the behind the scenes of how a lot of this works, what the coaching staff's going through, and uh, you know who's showing interest in the Utes, who, who are the Utes going after. So a lot of good information. Sky, I think you really nailed it. I wasn't a recruiting guy. I got into Ute Zone. They do a great job, and it's always great to talk to Steve. Uh, we've had Andrew on. We've had Michelle from Ute Zone on. They just they do a bang up job. They really cover the Utes really well. Kind of going what Steve just said. A lot of interesting things. A lot of interesting takeaways. I'm I know Jalen Johnson is committed verbally, and Steve talked about how he sounds like he's pretty confident he's going to sign. I was talking to someone at work today. I'm kind of wavering. I don't. I hope we can hold on to him because he's a big recruit. Oh, he is. I mean, he's a four-star kid. He committed back in October, uh, back during the season, and uh, at that time, it was kind of out of not out of the blue, but uh, him picking Utah. You know, he's he's right in USC's backyard. USC, UCLA. You know, and uh, so he's a big time get. As of just a couple weeks ago, he came out and said, I'm 100% committed to Utah. You know, um, you know, he was very specific in why he felt Utah was a school for him, the feeling he had when he was here. And then good old, uh, good old wristbands, uh, down at ASU <laughs> had to, had to get involved and, uh, throw some hoochies at his, his way. And, uh, and all of a sudden maybe, the water has murkied a little bit on whether uh, Jalen's going to stay committed to the Utes or not. But, you know, obviously, I mean, you look at ASU, you look at Utah. Uh, defensively, it's just it's ridiculous, the difference between the two. You know, Todd Graham can say all he wants. He's a defensive guy, but he, he produces garbage defensively. And uh, with what Utah does, the scheme, and not only, not only scheme, the playing time that we have available at the corner position. And on the secondary, really. You know, I mean, he's going to have uh, an, an, a chance to, to start day one and and be the guy as a true freshman. So I, I, I think ultimately he stays, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but he's probably, as, as far as committed players, he's by far the biggest uh, commit at the moment, Jay Dufelli. As we talked about, a defensive tackle out of Bingham, a five-star kid. If we get him, he'll be the biggest recruit Utah's ever landed out of high school. That I, that'll be really interesting. Honestly, um, five years ago, there's I don't think there's a, we had a prayer. Well, no, I mean you look at the schools that are trying to get him. I mean he's got he's got oh, he's offers got all over the place. Ohio State, USC, Michigan. Yeah, years ago, a local kid. He's going to pick Utah if he's not getting all that national attention. Now, the fact that all these big boys are coming calling and, uh, you know, we're not only in the game, but at this point looking like the favorite, 
you know, good job with this coaching staff, the rededication that they've made to kind of this uh, slogan of hometown heroes and really locking in-state talent up. Um, they've done a good job with that, but uh, well, that's a great point because I remember doing this podcast. You know, we kind of do this annually. That's when they st- that's when they stole them back. Remember <laughs> their car scene? We do kind of this <laughs> show annually, uh, right before signing day, about a week or so out. And two years ago, that was kind of the topic of the show was all the in-state kids were leaving. So to have Utah really well, that was and, and that was when we lost to Taki, and we you know the, we didn't have the. The dedication, you know, at least that's what was floating around, that we weren't dedicated to recruiting in-state kids. And, you know, the best recruiter on the staff just left, so there was, you know, a lot of turmoil. But uh, the staff's done a great job. You know, just kind of going over this list of of those who have committed, uh, Jalen Dixon, he's the the wide receiver, a teammate of Jason Shelley, quarterback out of Texas, who's coming in. Watching his film, he he reminds me a lot of, uh, of Simpkins. Kind of similar size, really good hands, good route runners, got some good speed. So I, I really like his film. What Steve broke down, Marquise Blair, he's a four-star linebacker slash safety. Oh, my heavens, that kid is phenomenal. Yeah, he can he can lay the wood, and he's got good size. I mean, he, he's the type of recruit that Utah really has not gotten. The size and the speed that he has, I, I was blown away. Uh, he's a, a JC kid. Um, so, I mean, it is nice to have some experience, uh, for a secondary or, you know, for some linebackers really that we could be lacking experience in those positions. Uh, It is nice to get at least a JC kid that has college under his feet, maybe not D1, but at least higher than, than high school. And and when that's, you know, as you just mentioned is all that we've lost in the secondary, we're going to need to be able to reload pretty quickly. Same thing with the offensive line. We're losing four or five starters on the offensive line. Uh, they got a commit from uh, a JC guy who's already actually in Utah, Jordan Agasiva. Um, pretty highly recruited. Uh, George Moore is another four-star uh, tackle that they're uh, they're trying. I, I believe he may visit this weekend, and uh, um, but a lot of big schools are trying to to get him. So. You know the youths are definitely. Uh, this will be probably one of, the, probably end up one of the best classes, if not the best class that they have signed. Um, so, a lot of exciting things. There, it's definitely on the trend. One guy I really like, who's uh, he's kind of an under the radar um, commit, is Devin Lloyd. Just committed this last week. He uh, he was a two star, uh, was just bumped up to a three star, but uh, Utah was his only P five offer. And I like it because it kind of it resembles what Utah has done in the past, where they go in and kind of find these um, diamond in the rough guys who aren't getting a lot of attention, maybe haven't been uh, you know in a big school against good competition, just haven't gotten the uh, recruiting interest uh, that a lot of other kids get. But Devin Lloyd, he's a linebacker. He's six four, two twenty. He's pretty raw, so I don't. I'm. I would surprise. I'd be surprised if he's not redshirted this year. So I don't think he's going to see an immediate impact. But uh, he's got. Uh, he's got great film, and uh, I think his body size for the position that he's playing kind of intrigues me. And uh, so down the road, we're not going to see anything. I don't think uh, right off the bat, but down the road, I think he's a guy to keep an eye on. 
one guy I think that really kind of stands out to me, um, and he's he's already signed uh, his national letter of intent. Uh, he's already on campus, I believe. Uh, is uh, Tyquez Hampton, mm-hmm. uh, wide receiver, the general, six two, two hundred pounds out of um, El Paso, Texas. I think, and especially with Coach Taylor coming in, a lot of wide receivers are starting to take notice what Steve talked about. And and that excites me as a Utah fan because I think that's one area maybe as a recruiting level we haven't really seen is getting those wide receivers that Utah wants. Well, if you look back, at, as soon as Taylor was hired, uh, Hampton was one of the kids on Twitter who jumped all over that and was really excited about that coaching change. But really, I mean, you look at, since we've been in the Pac-12, Utah's wide receivers have kind of been towards the bottom of, of, of the conference. We've had some great talent, uh, some great guys come in, but I think the group... But we threw them <laughs> four-yard out patterns. <laughs> but the, the group, I think, has, has, has gotten better, especially this past year with, with, with Guy Holiday. And to kind of see him take another step is, gets me excited about what this offense potentially could be. And I think Hamilton's a, a great pickup. And, and yeah, you know, the... I guess the excitement of if he's coming or not, it's, it's over because he's already signed. Um, but he's still part of this class. And, and to me, that seeing a talent like that gets me excited about the offense. All right. So, again, you know, big thanks to Steve from Ute Zone for, for jumping on and really giving us and, and everyone kind of more in-depth on recruiting with Utah. It's always exciting uh, and fun to talk to him on what's going on with the program. Before we move on and kind of talk about basketball, uh, we do got to give a shout out to our sponsor. Uh, we're brought to you by Farmers Insurance for protecting your home, vehicle, and family. Look to Farmers Insurance and call Scott Omer at 801-307-4046. All right, Utah basketball. I don't think anyone thought this team was going to be as good as what they are. Oh, I started no. out with really low expectations. But I think that's why it's been a fun season so far. It, it's is, been fun. Is because I think the entire fan base just was really didn't know what to expect. So many new guys and and kind of expected it just to be a kind of a trudge of a season. Just uh, see what they can do. They were voted for next year. They were voted eighth in the conference yeah. preseason. Well, and I mean, but even the, when we were playing the Coppin States of the world and uh Denver School of the Blind early <laughs> in the season. It uh, sure we had some decent performances, but the schedule was absolutely awful, and there were still games where we did not look very good. Now, granted, no. we were th- without uh, Bearfield, we were without Colette uh, for majority of the uh, early part of the schedule. But what Larry? I mean, the value that Larry has, and not just him. I mean, he's got a he's got a great staff too. But what they're what they've done with this team since early in the season is blows my mind. Well, you look at uh, the progression of uh, Devin Daniels from the beginning of the season to where he is now in in conference play. As a, a freshman, he's a completely different player, and that obviously he's the talented one. You know, he's the one putting in the work. But a lot of that goes on coaching on how well they've have progressed him to this point of the season and in, in in his career. He's going to be fun to watch, too, for the next couple of years. Well, I mean, as you said, as a true freshman, in that in the Washington game, he took over stretches of that game where 
when we needed when Washington was making a run and and tightening the gap a little bit, what did Utah do? They gave the ball to Daniels. They isolated him. They let him go and and take guys off the dribble. And some of those layups, some of those shots that he was making, those aren't easy. I mean, he 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 doesn't have any fear. He's he's kind of proven that. He's shown that through this really in this entire season against Xavier. He was one of the standouts on the team. Um, he's he's been a he's been a nice surprise. But I mean, he was a highly recruited kid, so it's uh, you know it's it's not uh, completely out of left field. He he was pretty highly recruited, and uh, um, but his skill set is fun to watch. You know, because early on it looked like no everybody was just playing off of him and they were just forcing him to shoot the ball because he couldn't do it now he's like nine for 12 out of his last uh 12 three-point attempts so he's really improved that i mean as a team in general we've got five guys that are averaging in double figures offensively with uh, jojo zamora um the sixth guy averaging nine points a game so i think that's one of the things that's making this team good and dangerous is you just can't take away um, a DeLon Wright, or you just can't focus all your efforts on a Pirtle. You have got so many guys that can score from the three-point line, getting to the hoop, um, down low with with what Colette has brought to the team. I mean, it's it's an exciting brand of basketball, and it's probably the offensively, it's the most exciting brand that we've seen under Larry. It definitely is. But what's kind of excited me is. You know, you mentioned that the early on we didn't have Colette and Bearf- Bearfield, and that made a difference, and that has. But without Colette, these past two games on that road trip, to win by 40 points and by 20 points, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, it looks like we may not have him anytime soon. Yeah, Larry's pulling the Whittingham and not <laughs> talking injuries. Although he did he did uh, let one little tidbit out that... Uh, he said it, it may be a while before he's even practicing. So, uh, which is with Oregon on Thursday, and as big of a game as that is going to be, it's it's uh, it's a little disappointing that he's not going to be there. No, well, and I think that kind of goes back to what the point you just made, Scott. Is in years past when we had Delon Wright, when we had Yaka Pertle, the offense would go to them, and everyone would just kind of stop, and they'd let them do their thing. If teams were able to stop Delon, if they were able to stop Pertle. They stopped the offense. Then we just gave it to leverage to Chuck. Exactly, and it kind of seems now with with this scene with this team, and and one reason why it's so fun is like what you're saying. Everyone's playing off each other. Uh, I saw someone uh, on Twitter today talked about how uh, right now in in the league, Utah's the fastest uh, pace pace pl- team in the conference, even above Oregon. Urban Meyer would be so proud. <laughs> That's and that's. I mean, part of the reason we've got that is as the players that we've got. You look at JJ Zamora. You look at Bearfield. You look at uh, uh, Devon Daniels. You uh, Devin. Devin Daniels. My bad. Um, you know, and then Bonham. You've got Kuzma. You've got you've got so much speed on this team that can get up and down the court that we just really haven't had. And so you know, based off of personnel in the past, yeah, we've had a lot of talent. But we've almost had to slow the ball uh, ball down to kind of play to our strengths. Whereas now we've just got a different type of talent that's allowing us to 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 really just attack. And it's interesting that 
you know, Kuzma is is a great talent on the team. Maybe you know the best player dude, we have. Dude needs to figure out how to shoot a free throw. But it's interesting that that's the first time his name's been brought up in our discussion. We're talking about everybody else, and that's not a knock. I'm just saying what a great job that Larry's doing building this program that all the different guys we can talk about that are contributing that are really making this team better. And Kuzma is playing a big part in that. My biggest criticism of him is is, as big as he is, I wish he'd play down low more instead of shoot the three ball. He loves that three ball, and I don't know why. (laughs) You know, I will say he's done better this season. He's he's gotten better. But he does have his stretches where he falls in love with that three. I know. I mean, the three that he took against UCLA in the final seconds Uh was yikes. But, uh, I mean, he is averaging 15 and 10, which is, you know. No, that's what I'm saying. That potentially could get him first team Pac-12. And he's a great talent. I, I didn't mean anything by us not talking about it. I just meant more that... Oh yeah, it's interesting. At the end of the last season, that's really what we were kind of hoping that Kuzma would just have a, a huge year, and and maybe we could finish top half of the of the, of the conference if we were lucky. Um, so it's just interesting now that we have all these other guys that we're talking about, and our best player Kuzma doesn't get brought up until you know five ten minutes into this discussion. Well, that just goes back to what Scott said earlier about the five guys averaging. 10 points or more with another guy right there behind. I mean, that's just great team basketball. That's They're not relying on an individual to, to save the day. And when it comes down to uh, crunch time and Pac-12 play, all of these, all these teams are going to have to respect every player on the floor and not just focus on one guy. And that's, that's really going to help them. Well, and that's, that's going to be the key to, to to, uh, to Thursday night's game against Oregon because you know it, it's hard to at this point of the season consider anything a must win, but Utah does not have any marquee wins. I don't even think we've got a top fifty win on uh, on our resume at the moment. So getting into the NCAA tournament is not a foregone conclusion if we just continue to do what we're doing. We've got it. We've got two games against Oregon. I don't think we're going to win in Eugene. And uh, so that's why this game um, in Salt Lake is huge to be able to get us that marquee win. You know, we'll probably have a chance in the tournament to maybe get a UCLA or an Arizona or even an Oregon again. But um, if 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 we want to go dancing, this is a big game. And Utah under Larry, he is one in ten against Dana Altman. Not good. And and a lot of those losses, some of them have been close, but a lot of those have been, we've been blitzed. Oh, we've been run, run out of the gym. I mean, uh, last year we played them three times, and I think the average loss was 15, 16 points. And, but, but I think that goes, that goes back to our point is look at how athletic Oregon is. They've got guys one through five who can guard any position on the floor. They're very interchangeable. They shoot the ball extremely well. They're athletic. And we, in the past, have not had one through five or even digging into the bench, the guys to be able to match up against what they can, what they provide. I think that changes a little bit this year. And uh, obviously, without Colette, uh, we're not going to have that low post presence, which, uh, you know, they're, they're a good team inside with their length. But... Uh, 
it's kind of a must win at this point. The Utes have got to get a marquee win, and uh, they've also got to keep pace with uh, the top three teams in the league. And if they are if they are going to get a win, they got to start shooting free throws a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, Kuzma shooting sixty four percent on the season. That that's that needs to that needs to improve. As as a team, we're one hundred eighty fourth in the country, tenth in the Pac twelve. That goes back to it's almost like a trend because they struggled free throw shooting last year too. And I remember that I remember uh, Chris Koviak talking about it in certain in different press conferences where they will spend a portion of practice just letting the guys shoot free throws over and over again. It doesn't seem to be working. Yeah, I mean, against Washington, how how we kind of let Washington continue to creep, stay in the game because we. I mean, we were in the bonus, the double bonus early in, in, in both of those halves, and we had so many opportunities at the free throw line, and we're missing the front end of one-and-ones, and we're just throwing possessions away because we can't make free throws. And I mean, especially against a team like Oregon, we've got to take advantage of every opportunity uh, that we have because, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty average even at the three-point line uh, at 166 in the country. Um, so, but... I will say, we've been harping on it for how many years? Turnovers and how they killed this team. The Utes are actually only, I shouldn't say only, but they're averaging 13 a game, which has come down <laughs> from how many 20 turnover games have we had. So they're, they're, they're starting to take better care of the ball. And uh, I know Larry alluded to that today, how they've been, they've been, uh, for this game on Thursday against Oregon, doing specific drills and, and paying a lot of attention to taking care of the ball and not give, giving possessions up and not giving easy runouts to Oregon. So probably something to, to keep an eye on this uh, this week and uh, how they use take care of the ball and how efficiently they can, they, they can be offensively. All right, before we kind of wrap things up, I do want to just mention again our power poll on our website, utahmanpodcast.com. We have voters all over the country. It, it's been fun um, for me as a fan of the Pac-12, kind of seeing where different people are, are voting. Right now, Utah's fourth in the league in our power poll, which I and I think they're trending up even uh, with with the rankings um, that I see when I when I run the poll. Is you know they're a solid four looking, they're almost a three right now. Well, and that's from people all over the league. Gain, gaining some respect. All right, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At drum and feather. That's drum, the letter N, feather. Scott? You can find me at, uh, at uteman underscore forever. That is uteman underscore forever. All right, I'm at Utah Man Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and at our home, utahmanpodcast.com. Hopefully Utah can get some big wins over Oregon and Oregon State, and we have a great signing day. I already know Winningham's going to come out and say they got everyone they wanted. Right? Best recruiting class we've had. Best recruiting like, class ever. Just like every every coach across the country Wednesday evening. It all, it all worked out perfectly for him. Are you looking forward to the duck nachos on Thursday night? Mm, Oregon's in town. And make duck. some duck nachos. Duck Go use. Go Utes. Go Nuchu. Well, good. Let's cut it. 
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Uh, they can find me at Uteman underscore forever. That is Ute score underscore forever. <laughs> underscore. <laughs> under underscore. <laughs> I've had a couple of buddies who have been there and people answer the door naked all the time. It's a Swedish thing to do. 